Welcome to the Self-Publishing Queen podcast. My name is Josiane Fortin and I'm a self-published author. I'm obsessed with helping and motivating writers to publish their books and share their gift with the world. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to take action and be the writer you want to be. Let's go! Hello, writers. I'm Josiane Fortin, and today I'm interviewing Jeremy Rodruck. So Jeremy is a speaker, author, teacher, and consultant. So I'll let him talk about everything that he does. And also he has um, self-published by himself, like two books, but then he's also a contributing author to a third book. And so his first book was published in 2008. It's called The Kung Fu Kitty. And in 2012, he self-published another book, which is called Your Best Child Ever. And so we'll talk about everything right now. So please, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about you. So hello. Well, first, thank you. Um, I'm very excited to be here and to share some value with your listeners because publishing and writing and it's complicated. And so many people have great stories and they let the process scare them when it doesn't need to be that way. So I'm excited to be here and to share. And just a little bit about me. I am a Kung Fu master. I've actually been doing martial arts for over 25 years. Um, I've trained throughout the world, multiple certifications, all kinds of crazy awesome there. Um, I've also been in the military. I was a security guard. I've worked in Renaissance festivals. I've worked in sandpaper factories. I've been a software tester. I've been a temp, sold newspapers, did all kinds of stuff. And I actually have uh, my own martial arts school that I teach in, as well as I consult with families. And lately I've been focusing a lot on dads and helping them with their communication with their wives, how to increase more intimacy and more understanding, how to get a better bond with their kids, and really how to understand themselves and get clarity on their own life instead of, you know, am I crazy for thinking this or feeling this? And it's like, no, there's a time and place. We'll, we'll talk about it and make it make sense. Um, and I wrote Your Best Child Ever. At the time, I was single and I didn't have kids and I wasn't dating. So I wrote a book on parenting advice, which totally <laughs> makes sense. And then I threw a money back guarantee on it because it was based on 17 years of working with families and kids. Uh, Plus, I had been through my own trauma at five and six, and so I had had to work through all of that as well. So everything I did in the Kung Fu school, you know, if I'm negative, if I'm a jerk, they just quit. So I have to find better ways to motivate and build rapport and understand people and appreciate where they are, even if I need to take them somewhere else. Um, So that that was kind of the impetus of why I wrote Your Best Child Ever. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. So what is it exactly that you share in the best, like your best child ever? Is it like a advice like, mm-hmm. on how to deal with like difficult children? Like who is it yeah. more? So your best child ever is, um, it is a kind of a how-to guide. And what I put on it, I said, I'll, I'll read you the whole title because it's worth listening. But your best child ever, colon, is this game worth winning? Because there's going to be a sequel. And it says, how to raise a stable, centered, respectful, self-disciplined, confident, self-motivated, self-directed, successful, wise, wealthy, safe, healthy, and happy child for the complete or not-so-complete beginner. Subhead, the owner's manual of children for parents, grandparents, caregivers, guardians, teachers, and coaches of children of all ages. And so the way I wrote it is it really is distilling down all kids do two things. They play games and they tell stories. 
And so let's define that. Games is about behavior to get energy, and we could do it positive, call that motivation. We could do it negative, call that manipulation. But we're all energy addicts. And so our behavior drives getting energy from others. And the story is the justification for why we're playing the game that we're playing. So if you learn how to master stories and master games, you have a completely different relationship with children. It doesn't matter how old they are, right? My grandmother was 101 and a half when she passed away, still telling stories and still playing games. We never leave it. So let's get ahead of that. And so I gave like, here's how to structure it out. And then here's how to win different types of games. If I want to teach my kids self-control or focus or respect, how do we do that? And so I laid out a structure, a skeleton, and then you can put your own meat on it, your own style, because you have your own ideas about life. And that's really the idea of the book. So it's a little bit of how-to, it's a little bit of storytelling of where I went, what I went through, um, it's a little bit of both. And then there's some action steps and things you can actually write down and exercises you can do as a family. Okay, and you, did you decide to write this book um, because of your consulting business or did you start with the book and then it brought up the, the idea of having a consulting business? I wrote the book originally for the parents in my Kung Fu program because I can do really cool stuff with the kids on the training floor. And if the parents don't reinforce that or don't take this stuff home, you're not going to see a lot of change, right? Because a right. lot of times kids aren't the problem. It's, it's most often, it's not even the parents are the problem because the parents love their kids, but are you using the right tool? So if I have a kid who's visually dominant and he needs to see but mom and dad are very auditory, they like to talk, we're gonna crash. Because oh, I keep telling you, and the kid's like, I don't know what you, I don't, I don't see what you want. And so when we get conflict, it's not because of a lack of love, it's just a friction in communication style. Oh, well here, let me explain that to you. And I found myself, like as I was doing my martial arts classes, I was doing these little sidebars to the parents, and they kept getting a little bit more complex or I would get questions back. And I'm like, well, I gotta go do this, but okay. And so I wrote that down to say, okay, here, this is the owner's manual. Cause I got tired of parents saying, well, kids don't come with an owner's manual. I'm like, no, they don't. So I'm going to write one and I'm going to put a money back guarantee on it because I know this stuff works with kids on spectrum, kids, neurotypical, overweight, underweight, boys, girls, uh, variety of religions like none of that stuff matters those are all higher level stuff built on the kids just want energy so how can i coach them when you get yeah. a four-year-old that comes to you and says what can i do to help instead of whining and crying and complaining because they don't get their way and we train them right it's the idea well if you want if you help mom and dad feel warm big and happy first how are they going to help you feel oh is that a game worth playing oh it is fantastic and so you get the kids to, because kids are going to manipulate. Well, nerf that. Let's just teach them to motivate. Let me give mom and dad energy and then it can flow back. Sweet. So you could see there was a need because the parents like keep asking you for advice and you felt like you could help. So that's why you decided to write the book. And Absolutely. so how long did it take you to, to write it? Do you have some tips to write faster? Like how do you do um, it? So I wrote something like 65,000 words in three weeks because I have the ability to just focus and I can like shut off sleep and I can just sit and write. And a lot of the stuff I knew because I had been teaching for so long that it was just chunks of stuff inside me I could just put down on paper. However, <laughs> I recorded an audio version of it, which was five and a half hours of me talking, gag me with a fork. But um, 
the way I think when I speak is different than the way I think when I write. And I didn't realize that until I started talking. So one of the things I would say to you is if you want to get stuff down faster, easier, quicker, there are phone numbers you can call where they will transcribe the audio. There are things you can record on your phone where you just talk your stuff, go for a walk, get some exercise, but talk through your things, whatever it is you want to do, just data dump as much as you can, then send it off to get transcribed, get it back, and then you can start to clean it up and organize it and put a logic to it. But yeah. that allows you, because sitting down to type, not everyone is, I can touch type at 60 to 80 words a minute. That's not typical. So dialogue, download, verbal. You can even record yourself and make it, you know, do videos if that's your thing and then get those transcribed because you want the words. Yeah. Have you ever tried like a speech to text application? Yeah, you could do that too. Like like Dragon Software. Sometimes it it takes a little bit to calibrate to your voice and your pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah, that that can work too. Absolutely. And you said you reached bestseller status on Amazon. Is it on the this book, the um, the best uh, your best child ever, on the, or on the first book? Um, actually, I don't remember because I I sold the Kung Fu Kitties through a company, so I don't remember what the stats were on that. Um, but when I I'm going to relaunch it on Amazon, when I do, it'll it'll do a bestseller status. Okay, so how do you do it? I want to know. <laughs> well, first thing is you get your stuff together and then you want to have a launch plan. So you want to have friends, relatives, um, people who like your stuff, have an audience, let them know the book is going to be available. And when you put it on Amazon, easiest way to do it is make it available as a Kindle um, purchase. And you can either do free or you can do paid and paid. You can set it as low as 99 cents. And then the way Amazon tracks seller status is based on the, the purchases per hour, per day, per week, per month. So if you have a bunch of people come in and buy your book in a short window of time, it's going to push you up, right? So yep. the best I did was I think 1,700 out of 25 million books on Amazon Kindle in paid. And I went to number one in three different categories, like step, step, parent, step families and blended families, grandparents and school-aged children. Those are three categories because with Kindle, you have to pick a category for your book. So you want to find one that doesn't have a ton of, of new releases so that you're not going into a content-heavy area. Yeah. And then, and then you, you, you build up a, a, a sequence, you know, 14 days, seven days, five days, three days, one day. And then when you launch, you send out the link to everybody, hey, go here, get the book, I had people that had read advanced copies. So I already had testimonials and I had reviews that they could go dump in right away. Um, okay. So they buy the book, buy it for 99 cents and then leave their review. It's a verif- uh, Amazon verified purchase and they've already read the book. So we're, we're not lying and we're not you know cheating the system. We're genuinely doing the review and they've, they've read it. And that's a very quick way to push your numbers up very fast. So I launched the book at midnight. And then I woke up about 8 a.m. and I was already number one in two of the categories. And I rolled into a third and got the number one there as well. Um, I will tell you, though, if anybody buys Kindle versions as a gift, the, you get a URL. And until the URL is activated by the person whose the gift is being sent to, um, it doesn't count as a sale. But let's say you're writing a book that you know, my book could be good for teachers. So let's say somebody says, oh, I know all the parents in the PTO. I'm going to give them a copy. So they go in. It's 10 cents. So they spend 10, $15. They buy 10, 15 copies. And then they email the link over and say, Hey, I sent you this book. 
love for you to have a chance to look at it. Please download it today. And that's a way to get your numbers. Like you can, you can go viral or virtual very quickly because you've got lots of people um, hitting your book all at the same time. Okay. So let's go back. You had reviewers. So they had your book in advance. Like where did you find them? Are they your friends? Are they your coworkers? Like where did you find them? So I've got a very diverse network on Facebook. I've got friends literally all over the planet. So I reached out because my book is for parents. I reached out to a bunch of the parents that I knew and said, Hey, would you have time if I sent you an advanced copy? I need to keep it to yourself, but could you review, you know, read the book and write me a review? What do you think? And I picked, um, I think I had about 15 people that, that said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And so they read it, gave me some great feedback, gave me some edits to go and tweak it before I launched it. And, and that was how I got the reviews. So I had friends and fans and, and family that I could ask. So that's what I did. Okay, awesome. That's a good idea. I love that. And so the advanced copy is not through Amazon. It's just you like giving them a PDF file of, of your manuscript. And then yep. you get like feedback if there's a typo somewhere that's good. Mm -hmm. You get to change it before, before doing that. And then yeah. the second part I had question about, like if, um, if they send it to a lot of people, like, could you do it yourself and buy like, let's say a hundred copies for 10 cents or whatever, or for free. And then you send the link to people and they download it and then it counts as a sale. You can do that, but I don't, I don't remember how exactly they count. Like if the author buys the book, I don't yeah. remember if that counts or not. So I think you okay. had to have other people doing it versus it's all you. Okay. All right. Great. So that's awesome. I think I should try that definitely. It's a good idea. And do you have other advice uh, for aspiring authors? Like what should they do to like get ready or write faster or get more ideas? Like any um, advice that you have for them? So depending on what they're writing, because are they writing like, like self-help? Are they writing like entertainment, fantasy, romance? Like think about the different things that you're doing. You can go out and search on tropes. Tropes are kind of the, the stereotypical examples of different things. And, you know, like, like the, the bad guy or the good guy with the heart of gold, but he's like a scallywag. So I think Han Solo, right? So you see that character showing up in lots of different examples. So you can go find those sorts of ideas and then you could like figure out ways to play against it or change it around or do it different, make it new and interesting keep a notebook or a notepad or a spot on your phone where you can jot ideas down as they occur to you because you'll get flashes of insight or you'll hear something and go, Oh, that sounds good. Or, um, write down like the names of people that you like, You're like, Oh, that's an interesting name. Or that's, that's a, write it down. Not necessarily use their exact name, but you can use a name kind of in reference to that name. Um, so you're just kind of constantly putting ideas and putting things into your unconscious to let that stuff percolate. And then when you sit down to write or if you go for a walk and like talk, just start putting stuff out. Don't censor it. Don't, is this good? Is this bad? Just get in the motion of getting stuff inside of you out into the world. Get it written down, get it typed up, get it recorded. Because as you do that, you'll get better, right? A lot of writers, the first two, three, four pages, the first half hour, 15 minutes, 10 minutes of whatever they write, it's crap and they throw it all away, but it gets them in motion and it starts to stimulate that part of their brain where it's like, oh, and now the things start to link together and the ideas start coming out. So you don't have to have a fully formed idea. You could just have a desire for, I wanna communicate something. 
there, there's something in me, a story I want to tell, an idea I want to share. Great, practice, get it out, start going. And then as you do that, it gets easier and easier. And then you do it for four, four, three, four weeks, three, four months. Then you look back at your earlier stuff and it makes you cringe, which is a good sign because it means you're improving. It means yeah. you're getting more skillful versus, oh, it was such a waste. I can't believe ah, you're getting better. That sucks less, right? There's a great attitude is, is I suck less today than I did yesterday. <laughs> right. Right. So it's hard to say, oh, I'm a great writer. Maybe that's hard, but I suck less. All right, cool. Maybe that helps you. Yeah. And like uh, you decided to self-publish. Did you look into traditional publishing first? And do you have any advice for someone who wants to self-publish? Um, so publishing, like going to the publishing houses, the biggest thing that you need to know is do you have an audience? Because if you come in with an audience and you can show a history of success, they're going to be interested in you. A friend of mine is launching a book like this week and she'd already written a book on her own and self-published it, but she's got a podcast. She coaches in Hollywood. She's got a group of people that are following her so she can go to the different um, book author or the book um, agents. She can go to them and say, here's who I am. Here's who follows me. Here's my launch plan. Here's my marketing. I'm bringing a bunch of stuff to you versus I'm nobody. I don't know a whole lot, but I really, really like to write. And boy, howdy, I'd love for you to like take a look at me. The publishing houses aren't going to waste the money. They're not going to waste the time. Unless you have a personal connection to a literary agent, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. So go the sub-publish route, the self-publish route. You begin to start building some information, right? There's a, a guy, I forget his name, but he writes like, short little detective novels and he sells them at 99 cents. And if you buy one, most often you go back and buy another. And so he'll sell instead of, you know, I'm going to sell this one book for $25. He sells these short books, you know, 150 pages ish, but he sells them for 99 cents. But when you buy one, you're going to buy like nine, 10, 20 of them. Yeah. Well, if he goes to a publishing house and says, Hey, look, I've got this audience. They're rabid fans. They tend to buy 20, books that I put out, he's already got an audience. They're going to be excited. So when it goes to self-publish, you have to be thinking about networking. Who do I know? Who am I connected to? Who I know is important. Who knows me is more important. Do I have anybody that would like be willing to vouch for me or could make introductions? The people that I want to get to, where do they hang out? Who hangs out with them? How can I put myself in proximity? So you've really got to start thinking more strategic. It's beyond just getting the words on a page that's important and then what's next and then what's next and then yeah. what's next. So but that once, once you have the audience like the this lady you were telling us about like what's the point of going for traditional publishing right you could you may be doing more money by self-publishing so sometimes like even if you have an audience maybe traditional publishing like it's a it's hard to say if it's more money to go the traditional route. Right. Like I know I have one book that is so uh, that is uh, traditional publishing, and mm -hmm. it does give some credibility if I want to ask for uh, government grants or stuff like that. So I do love that about traditional publishing. Right, and and there's also the network of the traditional publisher. Who are their other yeah. authors? Who do they know, and how can they leverage you? But how can you leverage them? Yeah. Right. 
So for her, it gets, it gets her a different kind of support and a different kind of clout and kind of a different quote unquote echelon, different slice yes. of, the, of the world to get access to that she can't get to on her own necessarily. Um, so that's, that's, that's why she's going that route. That's one of the reasons, yeah. She's, she's got a good head on her shoulders. And then uh, you told us a little bit about having a great launch plan, but mm -hmm. do you have other ideas to promote books once like the launch is over? So you have to know kind of who's the audience for your book. So you can go find those people who influences the audience for your book. Go connect to those people. Like, so for me, coaches, people that work with kids, psychologists, um, youth pastors. So I could go find those networks and connect into those networks. And now I'm connecting to the influencers of my audience. Okay. Because what if, what if you had an institutional buyer that says, oh my gosh, we love what you're doing. Uh, we want to buy 500 copies. We want to buy 1,000 copies. Oh, we have a conference coming up. We'd love to give your book away. How much would it be? Yeah, and much more powerful than going after each parent. You're going to influencers. That can right. get you some, some sales to those parents. And then you look at, well, I have this book. What groups in my community or what groups can I reach out to that they, they have my audience and they need speakers? And I can go and I can talk. And then I can make my book available as a giveaway for free. I got I to gotta talk to the host, of course, because you don't want to just go up there and pitch your stuff without permission because then you'll never get invited back and you'll get your name kind of blackballed with the other event planners. But you go to the event planners, you go to the, the Kiwanas, the Lions Club, different social organizations that work with your audience. And hey, I'd love to come speak for free. And I'd love to just come and share this mission that I'm on or this, this passion that I have. And then you've got the book and you can make that available. Hey, if you guys give me an email, I'll give you a free copy. That way I can communicate for future, uh, future editions or future books. Um, you can sell it from the back of the room again with permission and maybe they want a profit share. Maybe they don't, we're not speaking, we're not charging you to speak. We're not paying you to speak. So yeah, if you want to sell some books in the back, that'd be great. Um, you never know until you ask. So it's how can I continue to get visibility? Can I create a, a series like a, like a five day, um, challenge around my book's theme and take parts of my book and tie it into those five days and the end of the thing, they can buy it at a discount. Um, okay. yeah, so there's, there's lots of ways you really got to think like a marketer and I want to share this thing. Try not to get stuck in transaction. Well, well, no, I can't give my book away for free. I can't give my book away for an email, but if you have an email and you maintain the relationship, you're going to do other stuff, write more stuff, yeah. publish more stuff, produce more stuff. You're building a herd, an audience, put stuff in front of them. They consume it. Win, win. Are you more of a person who builds a list of email or more like a social media? Where do you put more focus time? Um, I am actually, I'm building now for doing small group coaching. Um, I want to work with like 10 to 30 dads over a 12 week period. Okay. So I am through social media, I'm putting out some content and then I want to drive them back to a website. And I'll give you a copy of my book for free. I mean, it has a money back guarantee. If you want to buy it on Amazon, that's nice. One purchase won't change my life. But if you read my book, it will transform your life and your kids' lives. So please get a copy of it there. And if, if you know, I think Amazon is $25. If that's too much for you, I have a digital version for free on my website. Just go there. 
um, when you go to download it, you know, I will collect your email and that way we can continue the conversation because I want to know how's this working for you. I want to yeah. make it better and I need that feedback. So I have a genuine way to connect with people to improve what I'm doing. And now I've got email that I can continue to follow up and what are their needs? I can survey them. What are their challenges? You know, what's going on in the media? And right now we're doing back to school of getting ready to relaunch my podcast. And I'm writing down like all the content I want to cover the, the challenges with homeschooling and scheduling and kids fears and dealing with anxiety and parents anxiety and how do I work and how do I keep my kids on task with school and, and how do I motivate my teenager who doesn't want to do this stuff? And those are all very complex conversations. Yes. So there's a need there. And there's, as long as there's parents and they're raising kids and the kids and the parents don't always agree, <laughs> there's always going to be a need for what I do. There's always going to be a need then because like, <laughs> I think it's a problem that all parents have to face. And do you uh, want to write some other books? Right now you sound like you're really busy and, and like it's a well-oiled machine. Do you work uh, on some more books or yeah. you're just well, rolling with what you have? Yeah, it's not as oiled as I would like just yet. We're not there, but probably this time next year we will be where I want to be. Um, so with Your Best Child Ever, Is This Game Worth Winning? I have a sequel, which is Is This Story Worth Telling? Um, there'll be twins. And then off of those two, I, I'm going to be writing a series of action guides. So like winning the ADD, ADHD game or winning the attention game, winning the discipline game. Because like a lot of parents, when they say discipline, they really mean punishment versus yeah. I, want, I want to raise my child to have discipline versus I must discipline them. Is it a skill <laughs> and something intrinsic or is it something you do on to somebody? Those are two different realities. So yeah. I have a series of guides over there. And then the Kung Fu Kitties, um, the adventure begins is actually the first of five books okay and, and the second book goes into the kid the kittens they get out of the house and they get lost in the woods so we bring in a lot of european myths running around the woods and stuff like that and then um, the third edition we add another cat to the equation who's fresh off the street and we deal with fear and teenage stuff and and ego and projection and all that kind of stuff and then the fourth book one of the cats in the third book was supposed to die, but didn't because of the Kung Fu family getting involved. And so now the whole entire Chinese afterlife is kind of thrown out of disarray because it's this giant level of bureaucracy and the one thing didn't happen. So the whole thing grinds to the halt. And so now we're dealing with politics and bureaucracy and, and um, you know, following the rules and why and throwing a bunch of uh, Asian myths as well coming from India and China and Japan. And then the fourth, the fifth book is dealing with history and tradition and society and creating it and recreating it. We're a product of society, but we can recreate society. And it's really a kind of how a person matures from understanding yourself, understanding other people. The second book gets into the nature of kind of evil and good and bad and doing right and doing wrong. So we're elevating as a person grows. We're going through those five stages. And then I have another book in mind for teenagers, which is basically how to handle anger and fear and that'll be probably pretty autobiographical and how I kind of dealt with a bunch of stuff in my life but it's designed for teenagers to deal with the realities of suicide you know pressure to have sex early whether they're ready or not there's just there's so many things that kids are dealing with and unfortunately a lot of the adults that are working with the kids they come at it from a very positional be good do good which doesn't answer the darker side and the power and the control and why people push against and what can you do with it and how you can handle it. Um, 
because that's part of life you know yeah. there's a I'm in a dad's group and there's a guy who's 12 year old went to a birth went to a slumber party and there was a 13 year old who introduced all of the girls at the slumber party to adult websites on a cell phone and so now this family they've got a 12 year old and she's exploring herself and the parents are finding out and they blocked her phone and they've done all these things and she's still you know he's like how do i control this and it's like you don't she's 12 that's normal like 9 to 12 is when that shift happens so if you try to suppress it and make her wrong you're just making both of your lives unpleasant and you're forcing her to have to hide and go other places and break her relationship and break her trust in you yeah versus how do you get ahead of this? Because it's, it's an uncomfortable, scary place. How do you have the talk with your kids? Right. So have, which one is going to be next? Like you have so many projects going uh, on. <laughs> have you picked I'm leaning, the next one? <laughs> I'm leaning towards the, um, is this story worth telling? Because okay. that's, that's kind of the, the foundation of all the work I do is on the games and the stories. Because it's, I'll just give you the quick synopsis. Um, there's only four reasons we tell stories. It's either to maintain an energy, to suppress an energy, to enhance an energy, or to transform an energy. That's it. That's the history of our species. Go back as far as you can to any recorded history. It's only those four things. And so the story that you're telling yourself, is it to maintain? Now, I didn't say maintain positive or negative. I just said maintain. Yeah. Because if your self-identity is negative, if you think you're worthless, then you're going to maintain a certain energy. Right, you're going to self sabotage. You're going to create circumstances where you're going to collapse or get punished, or you're going to overexert yourself, or you're not going to get the outcome that you desire because there's a certain party that believes you don't deserve it anyway. So, we really got to start listening for that stuff. And how can we shift it? How can we unpack it? How can we make it different? Yeah. And how can we help other people improve their stories too without squashing them, without taking away their room to exist? So, you know, I don't know that what you're going through, you know, because I haven't been through that exactly, but I have a thought, would you be interested in entertaining it? I don't know this is true, but if you believed it was possible that it could be true, how would that play differently in your life? Yeah, so it's a lot about mindset and, and what mm -hmm. people can do. Uh, awesome. That was so much fun talking to you. I'm so glad that I heard about your story and your experience. and. If people want to know more, where can they connect with you? Um, best way to find me right now is on Facebook. Jeremy R. The Kung Fu Guy is my personal page. Jeremy Roadbrook is the professional page. I'm the only me on the internet, which is helpful. Uh, you can also <laughs> go to theparentingprogram.com is my main site. If you want to get okay. a copy of the book for free, it's there. And then I've got the Parenting Program podcast show, which is on iTunes and everywhere else. Um, and then there's a YouTube channel, Kung Fu Guy Jeremy. So youtube.com slash kung fu guy jeremy all one word but just google me I'm, I'm literally the only me on the internet okay awesome and i'll make sure to share all those links in the show notes so thank you so much jeremy for being with us my pleasure and yeah i love to help so feel free to ask questions bye bye Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by leaving me a review. If you are ready to publish your book, let me take your hand in my course, How to Self-Publish on Amazon. 
I will show you every step you need to take to successfully go through the publishing process on the platform. Keep on writing!